This is News Talk ZB Canterbury Mornings with John McDonald. Catching up with Christchurch Mayor Leanne Dalzell now, a bit earlier than usual, but better earlier than never. Hi, Leanne. Hi, John. Sorry about that. We're um, launching some uh, electric truck trucks this morning, so yeah. um, that's my, my usual time that I'm with you. That's all right. No, I'm very happy to be um, steamrolled over by trucks. That's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can we just get your reaction to the um, Court of Appeals water bottling decision last week? They came out and said, yes, ECAM was unlawful in the way it managed the consents for those plants. What's your reaction? Look, it's a tremendous result and all credit to AWA for taking on the case. Uh, it, was, it, it was a really interesting case. Of course, I, I immediately asked for the Court of Appeal decision. I'm sure you've read it too. Um, and it is, uh, and I, I said to somebody over the weekend, it looks like a watertight decision to me. And it's because they linked the um, take to the um, use, and by linking the two, they couldn't just automatically transfer an existing resource consent that sat on the site. So it's a tremendous result, and all credit to AWA. What's it do for your confidence in ECAN? Oh, look, it's it's a it's a new decision, and I think even AWA acknowledged that this was a, a new area of law that the Court of Appeal had never considered before. And that was the, the, the linking of the two parts of the resource consent process. So, um, so it's a novel decision, it's a new piece of law, um, and it's groundbreaking in that regard. So I think we just say all credit to AWA. Um, I think ECAN was working on the, 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 the proposition that they've worked on for a number of years. There's probably other consents that, that may not have actually um, survived this level of scrutiny either. So um, it's a good result. Can I, Leanne, can I ask, because I know that there'll be people will ring or get in touch. Can, can you just clarify your family's personal connection to this issue? I don't have a family connection to this issue. Um, so the the council made a um, the council made a uh, contribution to the cost of the uh, appeal, um, and uh, this is going back a while. I, I sort of stepped back from that decision uh, because my husband had been doing some employment law work for one of the companies involved. Um, and um, but that's not that's not an interest in in the the plant. I just thought that it probably didn't look so good, and so I made a personal donation to AWA um, myself. I, I gave them um, some money personally to support the appeal because I totally support uh, what they were doing. It's got nothing to do. Um, with some employment law issues that my husband might have been, my late husband might yes. have been involved in. No, and thank you very much, Leon. I didn't want to go too much into depth for that, but I just sure. wanted to tick that off. Uh, well, I hope that's clarified things because I do get a little bit frustrated with people rewriting history. <laughs> no, that's fair enough too. I was um, headed out to Sumneys today and just admired the coastal pathway and thought that's looking brilliant, but I see that the council is... There's been a budget blowout, a couple of couple of million dollars. What's the story with that? Look, it, it's the government's putting in fifteen point eight million dollars. Um, the, the the cost is now now that we've actually analysed the work that needs to be done. This is the most tricky area. It's the end of the coastal pathway, or it's the the middle bit that's missing. It's the hardest area to deal with. There have been some extra things put into the mix, including a shared pathway through 
um, Redcliffe's village. So there have been some increased costs that I think was assumed could be um, put into the contingency. But, but So it's $1.5 million in addition, and it's coming to council on Thursday. And if anyone's interested in looking at the detail of um, it's not so much a cost blowout. There are some escalations in there, but there's also some resource consent issues. There's the penguins. There's a few other issues um, in terms of the detailed design that has now been done, which has um, lifted it by 1.5 million. But the 15.8 million is coming from the shovel-ready project, so um, we can be grateful to the taxpayers for their contribution to that. So council obviously applied to the government for that shovel-ready money. So yes. it was the council that put the costs together. So does the council stand accused of underestimating the costs? 2020, John. It was 2020. So it's going back a wee way, um, and it was uh, certainly based on the information that we've had had at the time. But now that there's the that that finer detailed design, which deals with an incredibly difficult. I mean, you know the area yourself. It's an incredibly difficult area. A lot of work is going into the engineering to ensure that um, the environment is protected, but that we end up with a brilliant um, pathway. All right. Can we talk about this? Well, I think this. I think it's strange. You might not think it's strange. This idea that local government New Zealand is floating of taking out stormwater from the Three Waters reforms. What's first of all? What is that about? Well, it's it's actually something that we've been raising here in Christchurch for right from the get-go, and that is, is that stormwater is not like drinking water and wastewater. Drinking water and wastewater you can pay for by way of volumetric charging. In Auckland, that's exactly what they do with their um, council-controlled organisation, Watercare. They, they charge uh, for the volume of water that passes through um, the infrastructure, because you're actually paying for the use of the infrastructure, not the actual water. Stormwater is not the same. I mean, in stormwater, you know because of the um, flooding that we've had that we've got retention basins that we're spending millions and millions of dollars on um, building at the top of the Heathcote so that we can hold the water um, while it's raining and, um, and then gradually release it back into the river uh, once the rain stops so that you don't end up with um, as much flooding as you would do um, otherwise. What, those basins, they don't look like infrastructure to me, but they are, but the rest of the time, they're just beautiful parkland where, where people walk and enjoy the environment. So it's really hard to tell the difference where stormwater infrastructure starts and where it ends. So if why? So, pipe, so what? But it what makes is, sense. But if it's not, it doesn't. Yeah, but what, what? What is local government New Zealand getting at by proposing this? Um, well, we, we said ourselves that uh, there is no way that stormwater should be automatically included as part of three waters. There is nothing about stormwater that makes it in any way similar to drinking water and wastewater. Um, because other it's not, you're saying because it's not the charge into the environment. You're saying it's because it's not the same public health risk as drinking water and wastewater. No, 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 no. Because it's an environmental health issue. So um, in, in Christchurch, we had the Christchurch Drainage Board, um, which basically got wrapped up into the Christchurch City Council in the 1989 reforms. And it was back then, so it was tw over 20 years ago, 
that the that the council itself was committed to daylighting all of the drains, you know, turning them into naturalised streams, um, and actually creating more of a a focus on the environment rather than on um, stormwater hard engineered structures. And so the the three waters, including that third water, actually makes no sense whatsoever when you're talking about an urban environment such as ours. So oh. that we, we, we've asked the government right from the get-go to, to set stormwater to one side and um, you know put that on the slow track and deal with that later because it is not something that is like um, drinking water and wastewater, which is largely a massive infrastructure deficit that needs to be addressed. Okay, before we move on um, and let you get on with the with the truck uh, ribbon cutting, can we just do a <laughs> do a check? Can you just tell me how prepared is the city council for more rain this week? Because we had more flooding last week. I mean, what's what's the story here? Yeah, I think I mean we're we're very dependent on the same weather forecast that everyone else gets, and uh, you know the. Met Service did not give us the um, extent of the warning that we would have liked to have had last week. Well, you've got but it now. Week, obviously, yeah. obviously, we've got a warning this week, and we've had a big warning, and so we are we are getting all of the information out onto our channels. We've got civil defence on standby. I think they're having a a, um, a meeting to to um, focus on the week ahead at one o'clock today. So. Um, all systems are go, but we are very dependent on residents who know that they live in flood-prone areas um, to shift their cars, to think about how they will um, move about. Um, we're not expecting to see uh, floor levels breached. A lot of the work that we've done over the years has been to address that, um, but roads will be flooded um, and potentially properties and, and, and the odd garage as well. And the odd butchery, possibly? Yes. I mean, <laughs> sadly, um, that, that particular area of Edgeware seems to be the lowest point and that is a that is a shop that doesn't seem to have any freeboard so it's got no come and go when it comes to the to the water um, uh, gathering in that area and I mean we did look at that whole question when we were dealing with the Flockton Basin um, I think we had the option of um, spending an additional $15 million, I think the estimate was, to come further down Edgeware Road. But it wasn't a, it, it, it's not easy when you're dealing about, um, you know, a limited number of um, uh, commercial premises as opposed to uh, residential ones, which is where we invested the big dollars. All right, Leanne, thanks for your time. All the very best. Have a good week. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.